following podcast contains strong language, adult themes and discussions about gambling. If that's not PG enough for you, then I'd say now is the time to get out. But for everyone else, welcome to Octagon Odds. Welcome back to another episode of Octagon Odds, where it's a very, very busy weekend of action in the MMA world ahead. Not only do we have UFC Vegas 49, where Islam Makachev faces Bobby Green, who takes a fight on just 13 days' notice. We've also got Bellator Dublin, Bellator 275, um, where Gagan Massassi and Austin Vanderfort are going head-to-head for the middleweight belt. Sinead Kavanaugh's fighting Liam McCourt in the co-main for the featherweight belt there. I also believe there's glory i also think there's pfl cont- uh, contenders or challenger series whatever they call it um there's all sorts of mma action going on this week as well as a host of news and stuff for us to talk about so welcome back george how are we mate feeling good mate feeling good how about yourself yeah feeling good mate well i'm not feeling as good as you though because you had a very sweet weekend <laughs> how smug do you feel it was indeed a great weekend for Hardy. And I mean, the fight went down pretty much as I, as I called it, to be honest with you. That um, fight is, of course, the main event. Yeah, yeah. Jamal Hill um, knocking out Johnny Walker in the first round. Um, obviously, Johnny Walker um, had that, like, the weird fall for the KO. Do you know what I mean? Like, he sort of was out on his feet yeah. and fell, fell back, which was um, pretty odd to see. But yeah, what a performance from Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill. What did you make of it? Yeah, very good. Um, he actually looks really impressive. Johnny Green came out like I thought he would come out, and I mean, it ended it ended in pure Johnny 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 Walker. Sorry, Johnny Walker style. Did you say it? Johnny it Green? <laughs> Johnny Green, where did I get that from? <laughs> it was Bobby Green, from? isn't it? We got Bobby Green in this. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, Jamal um, Jamal Hill looks much better, and obviously um, much better than we saw him last time. And Johnny Walker came out like Johnny Walker did and yeah. um, the comical knockout was typical of someone or something only Johnny Walker could do is <laughs> get knocked out like that. Like, you know, what's going on there? doesn't seem that long ago that people were talking about Johnny Walker as the man with the style to beat John Jones. Do you remember? Yeah, that was around <laughs> the same time that Dominic Reyes was coming up as well. Yeah, and uh, it's really not, it's really not gone the same for him since really, like, um, obviously, it's what four losses in his last five now for Johnny Walker as well. And to be honest, I was just a little bit disappointed that we didn't get to see more of Jamal Hill because, like, we've seen him obviously knock guys out already, but I kind of wanted to see like him tested for a bit longer. I want to see what his cardio checks out, like, you know, yeah. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed in that sense to see only go one round, but obviously, a massive win for Jamal Hill and um, jumps him above. Johnny Walker into top 10 at light heavyweight. And I was say, who's next for him, would you say? It's a hard one, isn't it, really? Um, um, is it Volcanoes to be they're talking about? Maybe. That's a good one. Um, there's obviously loads of I feel like light heavyweight's like right open in that, like in the top 10. I feel like. There's Glover, yeah. obviously, got the belt, but you, any of that top 10 potentially could be a decent matchup for Jamal Hill, really. Like, maybe, um, who else yeah. are we talking about? We're talking about Anthony Smith as well, maybe, as well. As, as Where's Anthony match. Smith sitting these days? He's number four. He's been on a good run lately, Anthony Smith, hasn't he? I, uh, I think he yeah, I rate Anthony Smith. 
Yeah, um, he used to, yeah, he's uh, put a decent one together. He'd be Ryan Spahn, Jimmy Carew. Um, so yeah, no, he's on a good run. There's a few options for him though. Like I say, light heavyweight's pretty open. Um, Thiago Santos yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, that'd be again. See, there's a lot of good matchups in there for him, so it'd be it'd be good to see him against any of them, really. And then uh, we'll see what he can do because obviously, I mean, none of them are easy fights, so it'd be interesting to see. Like, Thiago Santos is a beast, isn't he? So, yeah, well, I say I just want to see how he fares in uh, you know, in slightly tougher waters. I don't feel like he's been, um, he's been probably tested. Yeah, yeah, he's well, he obviously he's been tough. three rounds and stuff, but um, yeah, yeah. Be good, obviously. Sorry, what talk about to how I succeeded, uh, about yeah. the actual success and the spreadsheet and how it went down. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we can talk about we can talk about this. Should we get mine out of the way first? Yeah, let's talk about yours first. It's been a pretty torrid start to the year um, for me. Torrid. Um, yeah, from the four events where I've had bets on so far, I've had two winning nights and two losing nights. Unfortunately, the two winning nights were um, plus 1.6 and uh, pl- uh, plus, one, <laughs> plus 1.5. So it's not exactly going well when I've, when I've, when I've made money. Um, and I lost, I lost 30 units at UFC 270. Um, right. And this one I had four bets. Um, and I guess now you can tell by my tone that you can tell where this is going. I had um, Dorcas by decision. Um, which lost Hill by decision, which lost. Um, I had Al Hassan, Porter, Dorcas, and Hill to win, um, which was obviously let down by Al Hassan in the first one against Buckley. Um, and then I had Dorcas and Pickett and Miller and Motta um, plus 2.5 rounds and Buckley and Al Hassan under 2.5 rounds, which who on the, like, the first thing I tweeted out on watching the cards was, um, it was going to be one. I knew it was going to be one of those nights because Buckley and Al Hassan, like, I think they've been yeah, the distance, like, fight. I think they've been like yeah. the distance like three times combined in their career, and yeah, like Buckley had never landed a takedown or something in the UFC. Buckley's all of a sudden, a wrestler. Yeah. yeah, all of a sudden again, Joaquin Buckley. Oh, you're a wrestler now. <laughs> oh, I'm a wrestler now. Um, and yeah. to be honest, to be fair to him, putting a, a much improved performance from what we've seen from him in the past, a much more well-rounded yeah. performance. Yeah, which um, is good to see because I think he's got the underlying athletic ability and skill to, to do to do well. So, yeah, one and, to watch, one to watch. Yeah, yeah. good for him, obviously. Um, yeah. But no one would have predicted that that goes the distance um, and that Buckley wins a decision through his wrestling. But so it turned out, um, and I knew that it was going to be one of those nights after that, and so it proved out to be, um, with my four bets, all lost. Um, so my minus 40 units takes me to minus 70.1 units for 2021, uh, 2022. Not, so the, not, the, not the form we saw from me last season. No, it has not been a good start to the year um, at all. And I'd probably say this last week was the first time I felt disappointed with my performance. Like the rest of the time, I've, <laughs> I've thrown good bets out there. Um, I don't feel like, I feel like last week I tried to go against the stats a little bit with the decision wins for Dorcas and Hill. Cause, but in both instances, it pointed towards um, a finish. And I tried to be cheeky and take the extra profit and, and maybe overthought it a bit instead of just going with um, the yeah. stats. So we'll probably see a return to the stat following um, later okay. on the show when we give this week's bets. Yeah. But let's let's bring a bit of positivity to the world. God knows it needs it today. George yeah. Harvey, yeah. talk yes. to us. 
Well, I had a pretty good night, really, didn't I? Um, and the amount that I made overall, we're going to discuss it now. So we're going to talk about what I've got and what I didn't got because I didn't get all mine right. I believe I've only got half them, right? It's about four, three out of four. Two out of four, exactly. Yeah. Two out of four. Um, yeah. Jamal, you had Jamal, the losers. You had Jamal Hill by decision as well. You had yeah. a bit on that one. I think um, I got swayed by you on that one. Yeah, and you had Dorcas to win in rounds two to three, which um, yeah. literally was four fifty nine in round one. Yeah, um, I'm not mad at that one because it was a good, it was good, it was a good price that one. And like you said, it could easily have tipped over into round two. So and then I'd be laughing even more. But that's MMA in it. So yeah, no, and it was again good performance from Cal Dorcas getting them um, getting the yeah. win in round one. Um, but it was one big winner of the night. Uh, well, really there's two really because you had Jamal Hill round one, um, which obviously yeah. landed at three to one, so it gave you a tidy 30 units profit. Um, and then you had yeah. Jamal Hill and Kyle Dorcas to win by finish, um, at four yeah. to one double, um, which landed yeah. as well, which gave you um 70 units in return, 20 Ooh. units states, and a, a profit of 50 units for the night, George, which yeah. takes you. From minus 42.5 units into the green at plus plus 7.5 units. Come on! Into the green, into first place, the lot. You've cleaned house, mate, and you're currently leading in the standings by, what, 62.7 units? Um, Nice. And we saw this towards the end of... This is what's happened, ladies and gentlemen, is Hardy got off to a slow start last year. And then towards the end of the year, it's like to pick up and then he found form and then the forms continued. And what you've seen from Adam is the opposite. It started well and he can't keep up now that the competition's caught up. <laughs> Trust me, from a, a veteran of this game, it comes it comes in swings. You might have your, you'll, you'll have your good moments, but don't get too ahead of yourself. Don't get too high. Don't get too low because... Yeah. I was going. I went it through can, a very yeah. purple patch last year, as you know, yeah. and was winning consistently. And now yeah. I think I've only landed three winners so far in 2022 from 17 bets placed. Um, so luck turns in this game, Josh. So just remember yeah. that. Um, no, I, I, I know, I know, mate. I congratulate you. In, in, my, in, my, in, yeah, yeah. in my statistical analysis these days, I, like, I can look at a fight and, but obviously, like you said, I'm, I'm riding a high right now. So I could just be. The thing I take, else, com- I take confidence from is you've only actually landed two more bets than me so far this year. Um, yes. So I take confidence in that and that there's a winner for me around the corner, hopefully this weekend. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I've just made some good calls this this year. Um, a few, a couple times I've made some good calls. I'm just checking, but um, I'm pretty sure that you might have landed the biggest octagon odds winner. Of the, oh no, sorry, I thought you'd landed the biggest winning bet of the year so far. But Ross's one winner of the year so far is uh, six point four to one. Um, oh yeah, so yeah, sorry about that, but. So, um, right. Well, Ross is yeah. Ross is Ross is um, stagnant right now on the table. So yeah, stagnant. Yeah, I think. Are you gone good. third now? Yes, unfortunately, yeah, I'm behind. Ross what now. go on? Read us the let's say the actual table. Um, so it's in last place. It's Adam Russell minus seventy point one units. 
In second place, it's Ross Beaumont, minus 55.2 units. And then in first place, it is George Hardy with plus 7.5 units for the year. So congratulations to you. Like I say, with don't get green. too high and don't get too no, low. No. That's how it goes in this no. game. So yeah. hopefully yeah. we can both I'm positive for now. Profit. So yeah. hopefully we can build on that this week. Let's build on that this week. Should we... Do a bit of news. Have you got any other th- any other thing you wanted to talk about from UFC Vegas forty eight? No, I just want to let's talk about our news. Do you want to go first? What what news items have you got for us today? Mm, let's start with. I want to talk about bare knuckle first because we had a big bare knuckle okay. fight at the weekend. Chaz Men- Chad Mendes making his bare Chaz? <laughs> Chaz Mendes. Yeah. <laughs> Chad Mendes making his bare knuckle FC uh, debut. Yeah. you know that you know the Lemmy Bang. Bro, yeah, guy. Let me, bang, bro. let me bang, bro. Let me bang, bro. Bang, bro. I'll let you bang. Um, and yeah, yeah, Matt, Chad Mendes coming out victorious in that one. Um, and that's not even really the reason I wanted to bring it up because I, a, I wanted to talk about sort of your feelings about Ben because it isn't everyone's cup of tea, um, for sure. But then, interestingly, a story that came out yesterday, I think it was, um, the Triller uh, apparently buying a stake in in BKFC. Which is okay. fairly significant, which is obviously obviously massive in boxing thriller um, yeah. now. And, yeah, huge. For them to put a stake into BKFC says a lot about the, the potential future legitimacy of it. So I guess Yeah. Well it's gonna come it's gonna come MA was done this well, MA was very fringe as well when it first was introduced in the same way. People were looking at it and going oh, it's not a legitimate sport and all this, but look at it now. So you never know. And I mean, the gloves, people often get mistake the gloves for being a protective for your face or your body, but they protect your hands. So that's what the primary reason you wear gloves are, is to protect your hands. And realistically, the blunt force trauma of being hit with gloves is, is worse because people are going to try and protect their hands when they're punching and, and, and all that. So the punches aren't going to come in as hard. So... Technically, it's no worse. Um, it just looks more brutal because it's more primal. I feel like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It feels primal to see two guys just punch each other. Yeah, it's just, it is a, it, the gloves do also prevent cuts. Like, yes. Not, not, to, not, to, not perfectly, obviously, but yeah. that's one. Yes. Siri is more active in the podcast recently than, than Ross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, it's obviously a lot bloodier, isn't it? Like, and it depends. Like, if I grew up watching WWE, so um, in you know the attitude era of WWE, so I've seen a lot of blood in that, and like I'm sort of I guess used to it, and it doesn't it doesn't bother me. But I can sort of see why people think that maybe it's a step too far in the sort of barbaric direction. Because like we're talking about we're talking about combat sports here, so it's 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 not perfect, but are we talking about combat sports or are we talking about street fighting? And there's like a, there's like, it, I feel like that blurs the line between the two. What makes it, yeah, I guess so. But what makes it a street fight and not a sport? It's done, it's commissioned professionals doing it and they're doing it in with rules and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, I, I'm not saying that it, it no, I know you're sport. not. I'm saying that it blurs, just begs the question, that it blurs yeah. the line a little bit. But then, but that's what I'm saying. People said that about, MMA when it was first introduced, where's the line? Because it's a fight, it's fighting in it. That's what yeah. people would say. That was the same argument used people used to say against MMA. So 
But yeah, it'll become more regulated as time goes on, won't it? I just think it's fair to try and give a range of views on it and because not everyone's gonna not everyone agrees on it, even in MMA circles. Like there's a lot of people who like MMA that don't like bare knuckle, and there's plenty of people that do. So um I'm a fan and I'm looking forward to seeing um apparently they're in talks potentially with France. No, they said they're interested in France and Garnu, but that goes without saying. But imagine and Garni fighting bare knuckle. Yeah. And the money's the, the money seems to be a bit better as well. So yeah, but then it's you can set up a fight promotion and run a few big fights on a loss, if you get me. Mm. Like, is it sustainable to pay if Triller are getting involved? Perhaps it is. Maybe it is. Yeah. For, I don't know their financials, but um it's just that's the question. Is is it sustainable to pay people like Chad Mendes? The biggest paydays of the career right at the end of the career to fight let's face it like mid-level opposition like and maybe that's even being generous like is that a sustainable yeah. model that's my only concern and some concern about plenty of other organizations as well that like snap up like you know ufc fighters you know people at like bellator snatched up like corey anderson yo romero um, you know, counsellors, people like DJ going out fighting, like they snap up these guys on big money at the latter stages of their careers. And is that sustainable mm. to then be a competitor to the UFC? It's probably sustainable. It's a good question. It's probably sustainable in the same model of like celebrity boxing and stuff, is really in it in the grand scheme of things. Mm. As long as someone will, yeah. someone, will, someone will splurge the money on it, then I guess we'll keep seeing it, I guess. Yeah, and that it, yeah, so we'll likely see more of that as it goes on. Um, and I reckon BKFC is here to stay at least for the meantime. So certainly seems like big backing, like we say, from Triller. Um, yeah, significant, I'd say. Um, so yeah, great yeah. news for BKFC in the future. Have you got any another a news item for us? Yeah, so let's talk about. Oh, maybe we shouldn't talk about it. I don't know. It's just one of them things that I feel like when, oh, is when it this kind time of stuff... For the, is it time for the weekly John Jones slander? I don't know if it's slander. No, it's probably it's... not slander because it's true. No, yeah, it's literally things that have happened, but the cocaine goat of MMA is once again proving that, proving that he actually is a goat and he's headbutting police cars or something. Allegedly. And... In Las Vegas, allegedly, but it's just another se- another long thing in another series, another another entry in the long series of things that John Jones has done wrong externally to his career, and another reason why he doesn't really fall into the goat category anymore for me. But that was kind of the, the angle that I wanted to come at this from is that like as he's behaving like this outside of the octagon and he, he keeps doing this and he apologizes and in fact he doesn't even apologize anymore no. and he just keeps doing this stuff outside. Can is he? Can he really be discussed as a goat? Can he? Could you? You could put an argument in there for the skill set, but with the the drug, the drug cheats. It as depends. Well. Yeah, the the steroids. In terms of talking about it, it's the greatest of all time. Steroids are always the the thing that puts a question mark on it for me. Like it's obvious that he's used them, but then allegedly um let's just keep saying allegedly as many times as we have to, just to make sure yeah. we don't. There's no chance we get sued. This is alleged. Um, allegedly. Um, but then I allegedly, there's lots of other fighters that have got away with using them and have even been caught using them. Um, does that make it right? No, absolutely not. That's one of the things that... But where does morality kind of come into it in terms of the, being the GOAT? Like, is there a... 
do we have to factor in their out their behavior outside the octagon or is it purely a conversation about what I think inside the cage yeah and I, I get that uh, yeah and it's a good good question and but I think to be truly to be a goat you kind of do need to have the personality as well because part of being a sportsman is your personality as well so it's like he's not I don't know like if you look at someone like GSP and his record and his behavior outside of the octagon then he's just a, like a great athlete. But with John Jones, the cheating and the behaviour and stuff, it just sours the whole argument. And to be honest, if it hadn't, he probably would be. But I used to always say he was, but then he kept letting me down. Um, and I just don't know anymore. Like, is he really, like, is he, is to, he, is he really the goal? I, I would certainly wouldn't describe him as a role model. Like, he's not someone I'd be like... <laughs> When I, you know, you want your kids to grow up to be like John Jones. Um, but yeah. <laughs> like I say, it just depends how much focus you put on inside the cage versus outside the cage. Um, and if it's purely about what goes on inside the cage, then unfortunately, John Jones is in, is in the conversation. But if you like, you say there's definitely better, there's definitely people like GSP and people like that who are much better role models to, to people than John Jones is. But the boy can fight. You can, unfortunately, like that's what you got given that. Yeah. Like the boy can fight. So, um, yeah. and he's a gifted athlete. So, it, it, I guess it's just one of those things. But like I say, things seem to be spiraling again for him. Doesn't look like we're going to see him back in the in the UFC anytime soon, if at all. So, um, I guess the best thing we can do is move on. Yeah, and we should move on from this topic because I'm sick of talking about John Jones. Yeah, so I brought it up, but I just wanted to ask that question. So you got to tell once us. again, got some positivity. Um, not only has Darren Till been out in Sweden training with Hamzat Shamayev, working on the wrestling, also with uh, Ale- Alexander Gustafsson, which is great news for Darren Till fans. Like, it's exactly what he needs to kind of work on and improve. Yeah. And um, but what I want to talk about is that, um the videos that came out of them uh, going around giving, handing out food and things like handing out food parcels and things to the homeless people yeah. um, in Sweden. Um, but also just like Hamzat really like showing his human side. There was a really nice sort of line about, you know, remembering when things are good, like all the times when things were bad and people helped you and like you can repay the people who helped you on the way up by helping people who were like at their lowest point and, um, I think obviously like a lot's been said about the Hamzat like hype train and stuff um, in terms of what he's done in the ring but also g- good to see that like out of the ring like he's starting to win people over with his personality as well um, and starting yeah yeah obviously yeah. Till, no, Till agree, was there yeah. as well and I think Darren Till does a lot of stuff in and around Liverpool the northwest of England um, charity wise as well so yeah both like really good ambassadors for the sport Contrary to who we were just talking about, he who shall yeah, not be named fu- from him henceforward. And it's funny that you say that because it's like Darren Till and Shimaev himself, they have quite outlandish personalities and kind of like I don't give a fuck personalities. 
um, where they sort of present themselves as these like maybe like dickheads, but they're actually behind the scenes good guys. And that is actually the stark opposite of John Jones, who portrays himself as this holy goddy, like perfect yeah, yeah, guy yeah, yeah, behind yeah, the yeah. scenes. He's a scumbag. So yeah, you're right. You know what the I mean? face, like he presents himself as like the face of the UFC, and in reality, he's... he presents himself as being proper straight edge and, and yeah, yeah. well behaved and stuff in his interviews. And then behind the scenes, he's crazy. He's crazy and like not a good guy. And he's like Darren Till could seem like a dickhead to some people and she might have the same, yeah. but realistically like they're actually doing good things behind the scenes, which is good to see. Good well, to um, see. Bisping was talking about on his, I think it was on his YouTube channel, uh, some of the the stories uh, about Chimaev that Darren Till had been telling him, like the frightening stuff that he does in the gym and like how terrifying he is. Um, and and re- like regarding like in what regards? As in like, I've never seen Just him do. Athletic I've never I've never seen anyone like dominate people the way he does and like things he like the things he does, like he's just an animal, apparently the way he trains, like the way he works, like everything. Apparently, yeah. What do you think about what do you think about his chances in that division? Well, I think he's got chance at 170 and 185 in the future. Like he's got he's already proven he can fight at both weights, like he's proven he can ragdoll once guys at 170 um so it'd be interesting to see how he gets on i think obviously ulzman's the champ at 170 and is the number one pound for pound fighter in the world for a reason because he's he's unbelievable and obviously he's an unbelievable wrestler so is chamayev like that's a question that i want to find out the answer to man can chamayev yeah. get hold of usman and do to him what other people haven't been able to Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. The, I'm not sure I know the answer to that question. Probably but, not, but yeah, we won't find out until it happens. But I can tell with my eyes and what I've seen that Hamza Shemayev is really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. he's going to be a real big problem. Yeah. And funnily enough, you can get a, which we'll talk about this fight after, um, you can get a uh, two to one on William Hill for Shemayev and Makachev to have a belt by the end of the year. Yeah, I think we touched on that in the first the, the first second show of the year that we did when said who's going to be champ at the end of the year. Um, I think I'm we I maybe um, I'd have to go back and review the clips, but I seem to remember putting that one up potentially as one that. Oh, obviously, we'll see. Well, it's time for a a short break, but when we come back, we will be having the first annual Octagon Odds Islam Makachev loving, so we can talk oh, about God. it his future title credentials um, after this short break. So please do join us then. We're back for part two. And as promised, it's time for the Islam Makachev loving. Um, And to be fair, a bit of a Bobby Green loving, because obviously um, he stepped in on short notice to replace Benil Dariush in this one, was due to be a number one contender's um, fight between Islam Akhachev and Benil Dariush, but on just uh, what 10 days notice I believe it was um, Bobby Green with a two week turnaround comes back and he's in his first ever UFC main event so I think we should we just for that alone let's start with Bobby Green it's impressive isn't it like when it, uh, it's impressive to see that warrior spirit and really they're like willing to fight whenever that's, that's what Dana likes obviously Bobby's looked pretty good recently and so it's it's good to see, but that said, I don't think he's really got a chance. I think he's just been fed to the lions a little bit here. I think he 
possibly knows that as well, but A, it's badass, like I say, and what I always say is when people take these fights on short notice is that it pretty much guarantees them another decent payday and another another good fight because Dana rewards that type of stuff, like win or lose. Like, he saved the main event um, of his car. Bear in mind that the Fizier yeah. Dos Anjos main event from last week also has been, had been removed. So imagine, if, you know, two consecutive um, fight nights, the, the main event is cancelled. or Dana would have been pissed. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, and yeah, like I said, although Bobby Green doesn't, yeah, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to to get a to result win. in this yeah. one. But he deserves yeah. all the props in the world, like you say, for the the warrior spirit. Um, yeah, and he's actually said some good stuff in the build up. Like I'm excited by the stuff he said. Like he's saying that he knows everyone knows that Islam's going to go in there and try and take him down and and oh, get yeah. him to the ground. And he's saying like we all know that, but it's boring. Like even the like Islam's fights are boring. Like even the ones he wins by finish are yeah. boring. Like, and I go in there to try and entertain people and I'm just going to go in there and, and do my thing and, and try and land a few good punches and see how he responds. So Bobby Green can enhance his reputation even if he doesn't win, Con. Yeah, 100%. You can get that, um, like that warrior spirit card that people love. So people love to see fighters that love to fight. So he'll definitely, definitely gain some stock regardless if he goes in there ready to war it out. That said, if Islam takes control early and just batters him on the ground, maybe not, um, because it's just be like it's not going to be entertaining to watch. And that's it. If it's an entertaining fight as well, that's a big thing in people. If you lose an entertaining fight, usually you keep the fans. But it's, it could be a boring fight, like you said. It could be like Bobby said. It could if, be a boring fight. It depends. I guess it's good, probably going to depend how good Bobby's defense and submission defenses and once he's on the ground like if he's able to just like I mean, Islam's going to be able to take him down like, I don't see any way in which he manages to avoid the takedowns um, at some oh. point like five round fight like it's just it's just not going to be possible um, so he but he needs to keep it on the feet as much as he possibly can he needs to scramble well he needs to when the striking opportunities do present themselves, he needs to make an impression on the judges, he needs to do damage, he needs to... And, it, and that's what Bobby Green's good at. He's all action. We talked last week about, you know, the shoulder rolls, the slips. Like, his striking's excellent. He's an experienced guy. He's seen it all. You know, he's been in there with wrestlers before. Like, he's, I think he's been taken down 19 times in his UFC career, which is, in, what, in 25 fights, that's an average of... 0.75 times um, per fight, but his actual takedown defense rate is pretty respectable to be fair. It's like 72%, um, yeah, it's which is pretty respectable. But he has lost fight, fights against people like Clay Gaida and, and Lando Venata as a result of being able, like, unable to prevent the takedown. Um, like, and he can wrestle, like, we've seen it in the, in the Gaida fight, he wrestled actually pretty well, but he couldn't. Like he, he he couldn't stop the takedown um throughout the fight, but and and I think Islam is one of the best wrestlers in the UFC. Is that a fair thing to say? I know that you're not exactly on the Islam hype train quite like me. Not that I'm not on the hype train, but I mean it's just to be yet to be seen how good he really is. Um to be honest, because I mean, not to bring it back to Ben Askren because it's a different, complete situation, but everyone was talking about how he was the best wrestler in MMA and stuff before he joined the UFC. But obviously, Islam's proven himself more than that. I do understand that. 
And obviously, I do think Islam's going to win this weekend. Um, and I think he probably would have beat Darius as well. So I do rate him a lot. Um, just, I'm just not as quick to jump on high trains as you and Ross are. Um, you just get swept up. No, you I get swept up in it. I, I don't think I get swept up in high trains. I'm pretty selective in my high trains. And so far, um, Islam, Islam, is Islam and Hamzat, they're the two high trains that I'm on. Hamzat's four UFC wins in a row. None of them gone more than a round. He's only absorbed one punch. Islam's 10 wins in a row. Um, he's probably one fight away from fighting for the belt. Um, and in what would be an insane matchup with Charles Oliveira. So in terms of being on the hype trains, I don't think I'm doing too bad. You name me another one and I'll hold my hands up. But No, 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 no. You've made a good point. Whatever. The question is in this fight is, yeah, can Islam get the finish or can Bobby Green survive five rounds and, and get to the get to the bell? What do you think? He's only been submitted once in the UFC, Bobby Green, I believe. Um, in fact, I don't think I believe he's only been finished twice in the UFC. He's had 10 losses, one by TKO, one by sub, and all of the other eight have come by a decision. Yeah. Um I can only see it going one way, like I said. Um, I can't I can't see Bobby Green implementing the game plan he needs to to win. I know he said he's going to try and strike, but is it going to get him anywhere? I don't think Islam's the worst striker in the world. Um, no. He's all right. He's got a good so, um, he's got a good overhand right. Yeah, he has similar to what Khabib has, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, true. And actually mentioning Khabib, that's another, I think, big factor is having Khabib in your corner. Like yeah. the, the advice he gives him in the grappling situations is the best in the world. So having that in your corner is only going to, is only just another, huge. Yeah, just another asset. Yeah. Really. yeah. I, to be honest with you, I'm not really looking forward to this fight in a way that I already think it's like... But to be fair, we've said things are, are going to go one way and they've not, and that is MMA, so obviously Bobby Green could surprise me, but just with being last minute, just knowing Bobby Green's been around for a while and just with the the, the, what, the fact that wrestlers usually neutralise strikers, um, it's, it's, it's leaning one way, and that's a Bobby Green KO first round. And yeah, I think that's a fair point. I'm trying to find something for Bobby Green to hang on to, but I'm just not sure it's there. Like you say, Islam's no slack. Bobby Green's wrestling is not terrible either. No, nah, it's not. No. It's not terrible. Sambo's just, just a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, and just is that like Islam's just on another level um, in, in that department. And it's going to be a tough out Bobby Green. I think he said, said in an interview with. Um, with Ariel Hawani, like earlier in the week, he's had to cut like 35, 40 pounds in like 10 days. So, whether no, that's not in a good that, space as well. No, yeah. is that a yeah. good, is that something you'd look out towards? Like maybe not be going the distance. Bear in mind, he's never, this is his first UFC main event. So, he's never been five rounds. Um, Islam's never been five rounds either. Islam, I don't think it's a this, I don't think it's a di- distance fight. I've got Islam by submission. Um, which 10, is 10, 10, to, 10 11. to 11. Yeah. Yeah, I've got that so too. You make, a, <laughs> you make a nice tidy little bit of profit on that, like a, like a little bit. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I feel just like that's definitely going to come in. Just to the outright odds quickly, it's Islam Makachev 1-7 to favourite to win uh-huh. um, and Bobby Green massive 6-1 to one underdog, which I think fairly reflects the the fight. Um, like I say, Bobby Green can still enhance his reputation here. 
um, without getting the win. It's just like, like we say, it's a question of can he survive five rounds? Um, I think 68% of Bobby Green's UFC appearances have gone the distance. Um, it's like 17 out of 25. Um, and only 36% of Makachev's have gone the distance, like we said. Um, I think, what, two submission rows, two submi- uh, three submission wins in a row, isn't it, for Islam now? Yeah. Um, so he is becoming a more adept finisher um, in that sense. But we have also seen him, like, out-wrestle people and go the distance mm. too. I'm thinking, like, uh, the David yeah. Ramos fight and the Armin Sarukian, who's on the, also on the mm. card um, in that fight as well. Like, we have seen people able to kind of resist him for three rounds. Will Bobby be able to do that for five rounds? I'm, yeah, not too sure. Um Five out of ten of Islam's wins have come by submission, um, which is enough for me to, like yourself, by the sounds of it, take him on to win by submission at 10 to 11. Yeah, and that's what I've gone for as well. Like, like I said, I can't see it going any other way, this one. Um, and it's 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 almost as almost as far you can get as a foregone conclusion in MMA as you can get, really. And we're gonna eat these words. God. <laughs> It's like the, it's like, I've said it's like it now, so it's definitely going to be a Bobby Green win. <laughs> it's like the Nunes Penure all over again, where we're both in agreement yeah. that Green's got just doesn't really have much of a chance here. I just can't see it. Um, so yeah, undoubtedly that means that Bobby Green's going to pick up a massive win at six to one. So if you don't if you don't believe us, then there's a lot of value in it for you. I think that was fairly impartial for me for an Islam Makachev loving. To be fair, don't you? What's that? Sorry. I thought that was the, the that was a fairly impartial considering it for me considering it's an Islam loving. Yeah, I was the one saying he was going to win. Does he fight for the belt North. next if he wins? That's the problem. Benil's, um, I believe Benil's broken his ankle, so he's not coming back any time in the next eight nine months minimum, really, is he? Well, so yeah. Then you've got Poirier, Gaethje above him. Um, obviously Gaethje next in line. Um, are we looking at Islam fighting for the belt before the end of the year, do you think? Yeah, I'd say so. If things go well, um, then I'd say, yeah, probably an Islam fight by the end of the, the year. Um, I don't really know how to call that one because Oliveira well, just looks... Well, you're assuming that Oliveira would be champ. Yeah, I think he probably will be, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, just, mm. that's another one, I guess... Um, for the future, shall we move on and have a quick look at, at some of the some of the other fights on the cards? Yeah, sure. Let's have a peek. What what have you got? What's so I know you wanted to talk about Armin. Um, yeah, we can jump to Armin. Um oh, I think this is a low-key fun fight, man. Armin Sarukin yeah, yeah. and um Joel Alvarez at lightweight yeah, well, as well. It, Alvarez looked pretty good in his last fight. Um, they're, well they're both in form, aren't they? Both they're both on four fights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And looking to make an impression, really, aren't they? And what is obviously a very stacked division. Um, Sarukian already ranked number 13. Um, Alvarez, as of yet, unranked. So he'd be looking to kind of jump into the rankings uh, with a win in this one. Sarukian, the bookie's favourite, um, at one to two, uh, which means, of course, you get Joel Alvarez um, at two to one. Um, but like we say, both men in, in really good form coming into this on four-fight win streak. So... But one of them's going home with an L. George, do you have any thoughts on who it might be? Um, I quite like I said, I really liked Joel Alvarez um in his last fight. And Armand's obviously been looking good for a while now. Both of 
both had some good fights and bad fights. Um, I know that Armin has had a few finishes, but he's also called decision a few times. But Joel Alvarez seems to like a finish. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to I say, but it should be a good fight, though. All four of Alvarez's UFC wins have come by a finish. Um, and like you say, just to back yeah. up your point, three out of four of Sarukian's wins have come by a decision. Um, so yeah. again, it's a and it's a clash of styles again, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. With the wrestling, like Sarukian's going to lean on his wrestling more. He averages two point eight takedowns landed mm. per fight in the UFC, and I'm pretty sure he yeah. landed ten takedowns um, against uh, was it Frivola, I think uh, Matt Frivola. I think he landed like 10 takedowns which yeah like we say um yeah against Matt Favola 10 takedowns which is obviously pretty wild so I suspect that he's yeah. gonna lean on that a lot more and Alvarez is susceptible to a takedown as we mentioned about yeah. his win yeah, yeah. but he's been taken down four times in his five UFC appearances as well um, yeah so it's gonna which be isn't, isn't it those. it isn't monumental that though isn't a monumental amount to be taken down in five no. fights it's more no 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 but so, it's just it's more, uh, yeah, like I say, and also being taken down is not overly significant in itself if you can't advance the position. Mm. And like I say, he's gone on to win yeah. all of those fights. So maybe that yeah. also tells you something in itself. Well, I've actually, I actually think the, the bookmakers have got this one, like, the, it's quite badly priced is what I feel like. Do you think? From, from, from what the, the bookmakers are making out is that Joel Alvarez has not really got, like, Much of a chance. he's definitely the underdog, but... I think he's underrated in this fight. I think he could land, he can land on um, Sarukian and he can finish Sarukian. Um, but it's, it begs to be seen how the fight's going to play out. Like I said before, the, the wrestling and the striking, the wrestling usually usually trumps trumps it. But I don't know. I like what I see in Noel Alvarez. I think he's underpriced. Um, for, for, for the best that you can get on him. So if I was going to put my money on either of them, it would be Joel Alvarez. And it turns out I've got money and I'm going to put it on. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got money to play with, really, haven't you? You've got yeah. a, bit, a bit of profit in the tank. So you're taking Joel Alvarez at two to one just to I'm win. I'm taking him on that. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, I've got a bit of, bit of wiggle room. And if that comes in, I've got Joel Alvarez by KO or TKO because that's going to be his method of, method of victory, I believe. Mm-hmm. He's not going to win a decision, probably. And he's more than likely not going to win on the ground. Um, and you get that 15 to 2. So mm-hmm. I've smashed I've smashed a tenor on that. Um, and he's not going to let me down any well. So I sort of see it a little bit different. I sort of see the fight. I think Armin's going to shoot early in the first round. He's going to try and wear Howell down and take away, as you say, Howell's power. Um, and try and limit his ability to get the finish and obviously use his advantage on the ground. Um, I think, obviously, Alvarez hasn't been past the first round in any of his last three. Um, he's only been the distance once when he lost to Demiris Magulov. Um, so I think Sarukian's going to try and take it deep, try and... Um, you know, snatch up at least the first round, first two rounds, and make it difficult. Make Alvarez have to come and do something and and fight against the pressure. So I think um, I'm going to take Armin Sarukin by decision at seven to four um, as a single play. Because um, I'm well going head to head on that one. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to out wrestle him and, and tire him out, and um, yeah, take the decision win in the end. But I think it should it's be a very, fun very fight. Like say, yeah. I'm looking forward to. It. I think it should be a fun fight. This one, it's an underrated fight. I think on the card. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, have you got any other fighters you'd like to speak about on the card? What about Misha Sirkinov and Wellington Terman? You got any thoughts on that one um, at middleweight? Uh, another interesting one um, at middleweight. Again, um, form isn't really exactly on either of their side here. Sirkinov's lost mm. five of his last seven in the UFC. Yeah. Terman's lost three of his last five. Um, and I think his last win yeah. was against Sam Alvey, which isn't exactly great form. I think Sam Alvey's had eight consecutive UFC losses. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the form for either men is not great in this one, but it's, but one of them's going to go home with a win. Um, and it's I'm just looking good. at this fight on Google and it's saying, oh, wait, was that from last year, maybe? There's a cancelled fight. Did they have a cancelled fight last year in February? Because it's gone up cancelled on... Google. Yeah, Makachev versus Green. Sirkinov versus Terman. Cancelled. Don't know if this is true or not. That's what it's saying on Google to me. Uh, so that was Saturday 20... I don't know, mate. It's not saying anything. I can't see anything in news. Still. So maybe it's just Google bugging out. Maybe it's Google bugging out, but it says cancelled. So, yeah. Don't know if that's breaking news. Maybe we, maybe we. <laughs> well, we do have this habit of every time we record the pod, we talk about what news is going on, and then we finish recording the pod, and like someone's dropped some big news, like someone's dropped out of a main event. Yeah. And um, for example, it's just happening during. Everyone, everyone is still dropping previews about the cir- the Circle of Wellington Term fight. So I'm pretty okay. sure it's still it's not. There's okay. nothing in the news about it being cancelled. Fingers crossed, it's still going on. But yeah, Google says um, cancelled. But as we say, so form not exactly on either man's side. But there's a there's there's a few bits to pull out of this one. Um, all five of Sirkinov's last five UFC wins have come by a submission, um, and eight of his fifteen career wins have come by a submission. So that's kind of the way I was I was looking. Um, although Terman's never been submitted in his career, um, he's got three decision defeats and two KO TKO losses. Uh, yeah, so I'm sort of going against his personal statistics, but I think Sirkinov is going to have the advantage on the ground that like we've seen. I think we've seen Sirkinov in there with a high level of competition as well. And I think that's significant. Like he's got yeah, wins definitely. against he's got wins against Jimmy Crew, uh, Nikita Krilov, and Ian Kutaleva. But he's also he's it's not also, on a good run though. No, but he's also been in there with Glover, Volkaners, Demir, Johnny Walker. He lost whereas, to Johnny Walker, though. Yeah, he lost. Well, he lost to all. He lost to Glover, Demir, and Walker. That's not what I'm saying. But if you even if you look at if you look at um, Terman's um, record, like he's got losses in the UFC to like Bruno Silva, Andrew Sanchez, Carl Robertson, yeah. and the biggest win of his career was was Marcus Perez. Um, and like I say, he beat Sam Alvey in his last fight, which is not amazing form so even just for like like I say for Sirkinov just been in there with a better level of competition um, and I think he's he's got big experience of the bigger fights and I think that's gonna gonna pay off in the end he hasn't exactly fared well against some of those those names as well by the way um, he was KO'd yeah. by Erzdemir KO'd by Glover KO'd by Johnny Walker the thing, <laughs> the thing that I picked up on the thing that I picked up on was that he lost a lot by KO and all his yeah. losses seem to be by KO, but Sirkinov's not knocked anyone out. <laughs> so <laughs> it's almost like neutralised that in a way. A lot of his finishes have been submission of decision. I mean, obviously a lot of his wins have been submission of decision. Um, so 
I can't really see a TKO on his record. So it's like, yeah, Terman might be getting beat by TKO, but Serkinov's not the guy to do that to him. But Terman doesn't, yeah, Terman doesn't win by KO, TKO really either. Like he got a split decision against Sam Alvey um, last time out. He got a unanimous decision win against Marcus Perez and there was the only two UFC wins. Um, like he, he doesn't, at least in the UFC, he hasn't got a history of winning by KO. And he doesn't so money, really... money, your money should be on me going to decision, really, shouldn't it? <laughs> well, I've gone with the sub. I think the fact that all of Serkinov's last five wins, when he does win, he wins by submission nowadays. It's all about his ground game. Um, it's all about getting the guys to the ground. In like the the Christoph Jocko fight, he landed five takedowns. We just didn't wasn't able to advance the positions enough. Um, and ended up losing a split decision. Um, but I think that's definitely where the, the route he's going to take. Um, so I've actually gone for an in, a double. I haven't taken a single play on, on this one, but I've gone for Islam and Serkinov both to win by submission at 4.6 okay. to 1. Okay, well, I like it. It's not, yeah, it's not, not a banker much. by any means, but... No, say I've, got, stats, I've, I've gone for it to go to decision. That's my bet for the fight, 13 to 10. Um, 13 to 10 to go all the way. Is it? The, outright, for it to go all the, the outright yeah. odds on this one, um, by the way, are Misha Serkinov, a slight favourite, eight to nine at the minute, um, with Wellington Tournament coming out even money um, at the minute. So it is, even the bookies are finding it close to call. Um, so it's an interesting one. So you've just taken, you've not got a pick, have you? No, not got a pick, just that the fight's going to go the... the the distance, yeah, 13 to 10. I quite like that one. Okay. Nice. The other fights on the main card are Gion Kim against Priscilla Cajera in the women's flyweight division. Um, again, not great form for either of these two ladies. Um, Kim's coming into this one, a loss to a unanimous decision, loss to Molly McCann, and another loss to Alexa Grasso. Mm-hmm. Um, Cajera coming into this one on a loss to Gillian Robertson by submission. Um, she's lost three of her last five, as is Kim. Um, so again, one where both women are looking to get another, get a win and get back into the winning column. Um, you have any takes on this one? Um, not really. To be honest, if you covered it all there, to be honest, I've not got, I've not got a horse in this race. I'm trying to steer away from these kind of fights. Yeah, it's um, maybe not one for a single play. Like you say, it's quite a tough, yeah. tough one to call. Um, the only thing that I took from it is six out of seven of Kim's UFC appearances have gone the distance. Um, and yeah. Kim has only, Kim's only won on two of those occasions. Um, Cohera, on the other hand, she's been the distance two of her UFC appearances and lost on both of those occasions. So um, difficult to kind of pick either of either of them if there's going to be a decision. Um, both of Cohera's UFC wins, though, have come by KO, TKO. Um, so if you do fancy... Um, Cohera as an underdog, Priscilla Cohera at 13 to 8 underdog. Like I say, when she does win, she normally does it by KO. The other thing is that Kim's opponents have had a lot of success um, with takedowns. She's taken down twice against Molly McCann um, in her last fight. Like I say, it was lost, but I can't see Cohera really. It's not really something she usually leans on. I don't think she's ever landed a takedown in the, in the yeah. UFC. And she gets taken down fairly significantly, fairly regularly herself. Been yeah. submitted a couple of times. So I suggest they're both yeah. probably going to prefer it on the feet. So it's just a question really then is, do they slap it up on the feet for three rounds and go the distance? Or does one of them get the finish? 
I think it's probably it screams a distance fight to me, to be honest with you. This one that's sort of what I thought as well. I think if, you, yeah. if you're not sure as well uh, with the women's fights, they usually play distance, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, because um, yeah. there are only a few women fighters within the UFC that have like genuine knockout power. Like, obviously, there's plenty that get finishes, yeah. don't get me wrong, but like genuine KO yeah. power is quite a rare thing in, in yeah, at least in the UFC. It's more about the timing and the ones that can, well, the strikers that can get their timing really in it. But yeah, that's my no horse in that race. To be honest with you. I, I've no horse in that race, but I am playing distance um, in a multiple as well. Okay, that's very nice. Should we go over the bets for the night that we've got? Yeah. Do you want to go mention Jet? You want to go first, Moneymaker? Sure. Let's start with my first bet, which is Makachev by submission, 10 to 11. Yeah. Um, are you going to put these in the spread? I will put these in the spread, of course. Okay, 10 to 11. Uh, and then Joel Alvarez by finish. I think it's, no, it's not it's just KO, TKO, or DQ, 15 to 2. Um, and then I've gone for the 15 dis- to 2 for Alvarez. Alvarez by TKO is what? Did you say 15 to 2? 15 to 2. That's massive. That's what I was saying. That's why I was saying this price, this fight is crazy priced. Joel Alves by KO, TKO, DQ, uh, DQ on um, William Hill, 15-2. So I've taken that because that's fucking, that comes in, I'm laughing. Um, and then I've gone for the distance, Serkinov and Terman to go the distance, 13-10. to 10. And then I've picked a, I picked a random fight off the um, prelims because I thought it'd be interesting to just do a bit of analysis. Um, and... I'm not going to go into detail on it, but I had a look at it, and it's Carlos Sanders and Victor Altamirano, uh, and I've gone Al- uh, Victor Altamirano to win it because it's at like eleven to ten, and he's probably going to lean on this wrestling, and it seems like a safer bet than Carlos Sanders. Okay, me. very nice. I'm looking at the odds checker, and um, you can get Joel Alvarez by TKO or disqualification as large as eight to one at some bookmakers at the minute. So. <laughs> Is that just KO? Because I've got TKO as well. K- KO, TKO, or disqualification, that eight to one. Ooh, very nice. So, yeah. So, yeah, shop around um, for a bit of value on that one. If you are interested, like George, in Hall Alvarez, um, to be Armas Ruki by KO, TKO. My bets, um, the ones I've run through already, I've got Islam Makachev and Misha Serkinov, both to win by submission. Um, at 4.68 to 1. Um, I've got Islam to win by sub just on its own. I've got Armin Sarukian um, to win by decision. So obviously me and George going head-to-head in that one. Um, and on the over-unders play, which I've become quite fond of, I've gone um, Kim versus Kohira and Sarukian v. Hoyle Alvarez plus 2.5 rounds. Misha Serkinov v. Wellington Terma mm-hmm. under 2.5 rounds. And Islam Makachev versus Bobby Green under 4.5 rounds at 5.6. You've gone for some specifics as well. Yeah, yeah. Islam Islam being under 4.5 seems like an easy play, but yeah, I'm happy with 5.6 to 1 on that one. The one I'm probably most worried about is the under. The unders are always always a bit edgy seat stuff, but I need the finish either way in the circle of term and fight. Um, Obviously, I've got circle of to win by submission, so it makes sense for me to have under inside the distance so i'm under 2.5 on that one very nice so there's some tasty profit to be made there for me and adam if things go swimmingly 
the better. Adam is. needs it more than I. God knows. Yeah. God knows I need, Adam needs it more than I, but I need a good week this week, let's hope. Um May and next sure week will, as well. Uh, oh yeah. See if we got the big one next week, so well, I don't know. I'll let you cover it, mate. I'll let you cover it. Go on. Colby give us a, give us a Chaos Covington against Jorge Masvidal in the main event. We've got Fiziev against RDA in the co-main. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kevin Holland, I know, is also in action on that card. I've You've missed out Bryce Mitchell. Uh, Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, Thug Nasty's been in the headlines this week as well, and Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. And I'm excited for that Barbosa yeah. Mitchell fight. That should be a scrap. Um, and yeah. then obviously Kev- Holland Oliveira, yeah, be a banger. So and um, Greg Hardy fighting as well against Sergey Spivak. I think in the standard Dana White heavyweight banger. Um, yeah, there's always got to be one. There's always got to be one. Um, there isn't one this week, though, is there? Um, no, we haven't. Well, not, not on the main card. There must be. There must be one. Must on be the, a heavyweight somewhere down the down the card. There's no way he's not put. Oh my god, I can't see one. There's no. Oh my god, there's no heavyweight banger. So, we're just going to scrap this episode then and not talk about it. No heavyweight banger, but Dana, what are you doing? Dana's playing a dangerous game. The other fight that's probably be interesting as well is um, Terence McKinney and Farazim. I think Terence McKinney's only been the distance like once in like fourteen career fights yeah. or something. It comes to fight Farazim, um, very very tight as well. That'd be fun. Um, but I think that's about all we've got time for, George. Do you think? I guess we need to remind everyone to gamble responsibly. And of course, don't bet more than uh-huh. you can afford to lose. Gambling, obviously, fun pastime. We've had some fun, even though um, I've been I've been losing recently. George, you you know how it feels to lose. I'm having fun. Now. Yeah, you're having fun. Um, <laughs> um, we're not betting more than we can afford. We can afford to lose. So yeah. Um, yeah, please do gamble responsibly. Let us know what you thought of this week's show. Um, as always. Drop us a comment, leave us a review um, on Apple or SoundCloud. Or Spotify. Week. Yeah, whatever you're listening. Um, you know, give us a follow on, on socials at Octagon underscore odds. Um, let us know what you think of this weekend's fight. Share your bets with us. Any questions you've got for the show. Like, like we said last week, it really kind of helps other people find the show and helps spread the word um, about the show. So it's very much appreciated. Any final words from you, Hardy? Um, is there a fact? Oh God! No, you no fact. Promised you were going to bring a fact. Uh, I'll give you a fact. Um, as long as it's not about Russia and Ukraine, because we've made it the full episode without mentioning. Potential I didn't even wasn't even about to, to to mention that. I was about to say Hardy's winning. So that's a fact. That's this week's fact. Yes, that is Hardy's, a fact. Hardy's Hardy's in, in at the top finally. So. Yeah, and that unfortunate news for the whole of mankind, especially me and Ross Beaumont. That's all we've got time for on this week's show. Good luck to everyone with the bets this Thanks, week. Thanks, guys. Good luck for you, Hardy. Yeah. Hopefully yours don't go as you well too, as mine. Um, but I do wish you luck. We'll see. Anyway. Can't wait for your Joel Alvarez's uh, KO so I can get that 15-2 yeah, to and then... Eight to one, eight to one money if Joel Alvarez comes and uh, brings the fire um, forward. Have you seen eight to one? I've sent eight to one on odds check because there's a few different bookmakers that have got eight to one. So I'll you can get, on that then. if you can get on at eight to one, do it. And like I say, good luck to everyone. And we will see you on next week's show.